0: Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host, and we have a great show for you today. Some of my favorite episodes to produce are those when I get to introduce to you, the audience, new out artists that I've discovered that I find really exciting, whether they're out actors, out musicians, out authors, anyone creative, because I find the creative process really exciting. And I love sharing these out artists with you here on The Randy Report radio show, and also on my daily blog, therandyreport.com, where I cover pop culture, politics, and entertainment of interest to the LGBT community. Today I'm talking with Brandon Shea, who's an L.A.-based singer-songwriter artist who already has a strong presence among the industry's creative community. By the age of 22, he's been featured in Billboard, by Ryan Seacrest, on MTV, over on SoundCloud he has over 3 million listens, he has an active fan base of over 350,000 followers, On YouTube, where you can really get a sense of his depth and his talent, where he posts cover songs and original songs that he's written, he has over 180,000 subscribers and he has nearly 9 million views of his videos. Now, those videos get a lot of play. For instance, his cover of Ariana Grande's Problem has over 1.1 million views already. His cover of Adele's Hello which has only been out a couple of months, has almost 900,000 views. And on and on down the line, this is, these are the kind of numbers, this 22-year-old guy, who, by the way, is charming and warm and very easy on the eyes. So go watch the videos. You'll enjoy them on many, many levels. Today, I'm going to talk to Brandon about his new single. It's an original song that he co-wrote called So Bad. It's already doing really, really terrific. And I'm excited to get to talk to him about his creative process. I'm always interested in the different ways people create their art. So I love talking about creative process, about how he likes to work in the studio, how he feels about being an out artist. And I also ask him about his incredible vocal range because it's one of the things that's become his hallmark. He has this really warm lower range, but this amazing high range. So we're going to talk to Brandon Shea in just a few minutes, but let's take a listen to his fantastic new single, This Is So Bad. And then we'll be talking with Brandon.
1: Every day, every word that I say, lip service i'm okay i'll deny what's beneath the surface without you here i don't know what i'm doing can't hide my fears i try but i'm in ruins i can sit and lie to you but what's the point what's the use you can
0: Brandon Shea, how are you?
2: I'm doing fantastic. I'm just living it up in New York City today.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having time to chat. First of all, I love the new song so bad. Love it.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely love it. I think it's going to be a huge hit for you. I really do. I think it's a great song. Can you talk a little bit about the inspiration for the song? Because I think I can almost relate to this situation in the song, if I'm (laughs) understanding it correctly. But can you talk about where the song came from for you?
2: Yeah, so basically, So Bad is based off a previous relationship of mine. Mm -hmm. I had met a person. It was actually my first love, uh, which made it a little bit more interesting I was deeply, deeply in love with this person, but around six, seven months into the relationship, it just became evident that love wasn't enough. We had many, many differences. We didn't get along a lot of the time, and it just kind of created this feeling like, man, I, I just want you so bad all the time, but I can't. Like, it's just, you know, like you fall in, so in love with somebody or the idea of somebody, and then, you know, you really get to know them, your personalities clash, and then it's just like, there's nothing you can do in reality except for that feeling that mm-hmm. lingers, you know, of wanting somebody so bad but knowing it's not the right time or the right place. So that's basically the full inspiration behind it. The same situation actually was kind of going on with my co-writer, Hillary Bernstein, at the same time. So both of us were going through this really rough relationship period and just came up with this concept and it just flew out of us really quickly. <laughs>
0: The melody is so strong. The whole structure of the song, by the way, is great. I mean, I think it's great songwriting, besides your Thank fabulous you. vocal. I think the structure is fabulous, because you do take us on a bit of a ride. Like, we don't just come out of the box, hit the beat, and just ride through the entire time you're giving us levels and things. and it's. I think it's also very vulnerable with the vocal, the way you've structured it.
2: Yeah, I wanted it to be vulnerable. I wanted it to be dynamic, especially. I really love um, songs that have you know, a lot going on, but in a in a classy way. So like, you know, starting it off simple, bringing it big in the chorus and then bringing it back down for a second, just kind of giving the, I guess, the feeling of the emotion that I felt in that period of my life into the song.
0: And, you know, especially like the last few seconds where you do pull way back and just release with a little bit of tiny music, it feels like there's been this catharsis. Like you've, you've put this out there, sung it out, and now you're just kind of like, Letting it go for a second.
2: Yeah, just letting it flow out.
0: Um, I have to say the production is excellent. Who is your producer?
2: Um, So I work with two guys. One, his name is Dibs. He goes by a producer named Dibs. And then Chris Lyon. Uh, They're both based out of Los Angeles. Uh, They actually just moved not long ago from New York City as well. But they are literally untouchable in my book. Like they are just masters at what they do. And I could not have created such an amazing piece of art in my opinion without them it's almost like I don't want anyone else to like right now be with me in that sense of production because they're just so good like Mm -hmm. I just love them to death they're the greatest people on on this planet like we've just created a really nice atmosphere between you know myself my co-writer and the producers that we have currently and they and they just have been a pleasure like the best people to work with
0: I'm always fascinated about creative process. I was an actor myself on Broadway, and I still work in theater, and so dealing with other collaborators, whether it's a director, a choreographer, or other actors, I'm always very aware that everybody has their own creative process. And they're not always the same, but they can blend together really well and be really successful, even without being the same. When you work with producers, and and you're working on a new song, you're working on a new recording, how do you like that to work? Do you bring a finished song to the table and hand it to the producers and say, I have this in mind? Or does the song continue to develop as the song is being recorded and produced? Or do you even have a specific process? Is every song like a different child to birth?
2: You know, it really, really really matters on what the purpose of the song is. So if it's something to do with my own project, if it's a song that it's gonna be behind my name, um, usually I'll bring a finished song to the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of the time I'll write on piano And then we'll have a finished song, you know, it'll go from verse, pre, chorus. We'll have the whole thing finished, demoed. And then we'll bring it to producers of choice and kind of explain to them the feeling we want. And most of the time I've been really lucky. I'm not going to say like it's always this way, but most of the time the producers will fill it out, give you a couple drafts, a couple drafts, you know, keep it going back and forth. Sometimes it's really good, sometimes it's really bad. Um, in my experience, it's only been really good for any of my personal projects. Like they, most of the time the producers I work with just get it super, super fast. So I haven't really had like too bad of a experience, but if it's, if it's something that I'm pitching or, um, something that I'm trying to sell or give to another artist myself, um, it's a whole different experience. So, you know, it all depends on what kind of music that artist is creating or what kind of, um mentality that person is going through at, at that time. Like if I were to write a song for Maroon 5, I'm obviously going to make it a little bit more pop banger. It's going to be a little bit more of a electric pop sound, you know. It's not going to be necessarily my style. So it, it really depends on what the process or what I'm doing the song for.
0: Mm-hmm. And even with vocals, for instance, when you go in for like for here for so bad, did you have an idea of what you wanted the vocal to sound like in terms of like whether it would be like really wet or dry or would there be much compression or those kinds of things because sometimes there's a different sound to every way you you process vocals or, or yeah. produce the vocals.
2: Um, I try to stay out of anything on that term. I, I definitely know what I want. I wanted it to sound uh, big. I wanted gang mm. vocals. I really wanted gang vocals on the chorus. You know, I want to, you know, I express express it in those terms, like kind of layman's terms, like clean, big. I want it to sound, you know, very gangy. I want it to be just more of like a classic timeless kind of sound, like those kind of words. And they know how to all the technical stuff and they'll be able to go through that. But on the on the vocal production side of things, you know, I do I do like to comp my own vocals with my co-writer, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the rest of it's really it's really the production uh, on the producer side.
0: Well, speaking of production and being big, I have to bring up the fact that, you know, a lot of independent emerging artists tend to lean towards smaller production or acoustic production, maybe with a guitar or something, with early original material. And this is full on radio ready, like big. and, And so you knew that's where you wanted to go with this. It's fabulous. I think it's great.
2: Well, thank you, first off. And yeah, I mean... Even with my first EP that I released a couple years ago, you know I've never been the kind of person that wanted to just—and not no offense to anyone who does—but mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm really into radio-friendly music. I am after a empire for myself, and I'm after that right away. I'm not I'm not trying to lean into it. I'm not trying to, you know, just let it kind of steadily incline. I'm ready to just let it. Be there already. So if I hear something and I have the production in mind already, I'm gonna try my best to get it to that point right away instead of you know releasing things that I think of could have been better or right. could have this big sound. You know I want it to have that big sound, not a could have.
0: One more thing about it, I have to say because I keep we keep using the word big sound and all that. Speaking of big sound, I have to talk about your voice for a minute because not only the quality of it, but your vocal range is just. Off the hook. Specifically, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to So Bad, and the stratospheric jump at the 236 mark just kills. Like, you, you draw, you pull it back a little bit, you're a little quiet, and then you jump like three octaves. It has to be. Have you always had this range? <laughs> is this something you've just naturally had? You ha- I know you've studied voice, but is this something that you always have?
2: Yeah, so since I was really young, I did have um, an extremely high high voice you know I had a really strong upper register um, I never really had back like back in my high school days I never really had a lower register I never really experimented with it as I've gotten older I've been like I had this idea actually since very young like um, that you know oh people like my upper register that's where I should sing all the time yeah. and then I never really started experimenting with it until I was you know 21 20, One twenty-two, And I was like, Oh, you really don't have to just sing hi all the time for people to be interested. So, you know, I, I started, you know, learning a little bit more about it. And, um, but I, yeah, I have, I have always been able to do that, but it, I haven't always been able to control it. So at this point, it's a little bit easier because I have taken vocal lessons. I have started taking better care of my voice, you know, especially leading up to a show, not drinking coffee, not, you know, not having a lot of alcohol, like making sure I'm starting to actually take care of the things that are going to help create the rest of my life. So, and you know, some of that is having a great vocal range and I want to make sure that stays. So that, you know, it's, it's not something that it's, it's definitely difficult, like especially the weather, the weather hits me strong up there. So when it gets really cold, it's like, Oh, I cannot talk for four days. I will see you then. And then I can sing. hi. yeah. So it's definitely a struggle to be able to do it, but it's still, it's still worth it and I can still do it. Yeah
0: also you you do mention your lower range and I I have to say I discovered you a few months ago when you posted a cover of Adele's hello which went super viral and it was just spectacular and and I started exploring more of, of, of your videos and and you know YouTube is just so big it's like you can go there and like think that you found everything you want to find and then it just keeps unraveling and unraveling and there's so many great things up there and there's your channel. And the reason I bring it up though is in Hello, we do get your lower range and I was really taken with the, the warmth of your lower range also. I mean, you have the spectacular high notes, but your lower range is really warm.
2: Thank you. Yeah, it, it's definitely something kind of new to me as well. You know, I haven't really experimented with it too much except for the last couple of years. So I'm still playing around with it and I'm actually, you know, I'm really enjoying singing a little bit lower these days.
0: Speaking of the YouTube channel, I have to say, so I'm I'm, I'm just full on impressed by you. And I'm like going from video to video. I'm like, wow, this guy's amazing. This guy's amazing. And then I come across this one video where you're not singing and you share this story that you lost a hundred pounds. Yeah. <laughs> and I bring that, I'll tell you why I want to bring that up because actually I had my own little weight loss a couple of years ago. I I, I turned 50 like two years ago and I yeah, had been in congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Who made it? And um, and I'd been a dancer on Broadway, and I'd done shows like Chicago the Musical and blah, 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 when we're all supposed to be sexy and wearing black clothes and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'd stopped performing on stage for a while, and the short version of this story is they asked me to come back. And I hadn't danced for a while, and I'd I'd gone into freelance writing, and I'm doing the radio thing. And I had seven – but I wanted to do it because they asked me to come back. So I had seven weeks, and I was going to go back on my birthday, my 50th birthday. So I had seven weeks to lose 20 pounds, and it became a thing. And at first I was doing it because I just wanted to look good in the costume because I wasn't going to get up on stage on Broadway and look, like, heavy because that's not going to (laughs) happen. But it ended up being a blog post for me on my blog, The Randy Report. The entire story for, story for me turned into how empowering it was to take control of my life about something that oh, yeah. that I did this for me. You know, I, I, I looked a lot better, but I you know I, I did a real before and after picture, which is scary. I think you've done that, and, and it's a little scary to put that out there. But it was really empowering for me. I thought, wow, okay, so I took control of this. You know, I can take control of other things. I mean, it may seem like a small thing to some people, but to know that you can do that. Did you have any sense of that? Or did you have any sense of how empowering your story was losing the weight for other people that learned that?
2: You know what? In reality, I really didn't. I no. I, I did not really think about that at first. You know, the whole the whole experience for me was, you know what? I really am not happy. I was not a happy person uh, for a while because I was not happy with my body. I was not happy with the way I was feeling. So you know what? I was just I was just ready to let go of the weight. You know, and in reality, that's how I put it. It's like I need to get rid of this. I need to be a happy person, and a lot of that had to do with the weight. So it was totally all on me. Like the only reason I did it was because I was ready to make myself happy and you know feel comfortable in my own skin and so i started sharing that since i had you know a little bit of a social following it was like maybe i could inspire other people but i didn't really understand how many people were being inspired by it until i started receiving you know personalized messages of people saying hey i'm down 10 pounds because of you you're you're mo- really motivating hey i'm down 20 pounds hey i'm down 30 pounds and it wasn't until that point where i was like oh my gosh so this is not just inspiring myself, you know, and seeing my transformation, but other people are getting inspired as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it definitely helped out too, you know, just as, it's just as much as I've helped out other people. Other people have helped me maintain the weight loss. They've mm-hmm. helped me, you know, keep inspired in myself.
0: I loved discovering your music and your voice and everything, but it was a huge bonus to see that and go, oh, wow, there, this, this is just another layer to the Brandon Shea story here. This is great.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah.
0: I do want to bring up, as an openly gay artist, I was wondering, do you think that impacts your career at this point? Because, you know, obviously, decades ago, it would have impacted a lot of people and people stayed closeted. But today is it a a different thing. And at your age, do you find it impacts you at all? Or is it you and, and your generation? It's just not a thing.
2: You know what? I've considered that to be honest. Like, I have considered the question is being openly gay going to affect my career? Is it going to do anything at all? And ultimately, I came to the decision myself. I really don't care, you know. It's I have to be who I am. I, I can't be anyone else besides who I am, and I'm not interested in hiding. Uh, most people that know me are know that I'm a very open book. I don't hold anything out or anything back. I'm very very open about everything. So uh, that's just not a part of my life that I could hold back. If I if I have a boyfriend in the future or you know somebody that means a lot to me, I'm not gonna just hide in the shadows and not let other people know about that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm proud of that other person, just as, you know, a straight person would be. So for me, it's not any different. So, and at this point, it hasn't really affected my career. You know, it's been really good. I mean, I haven't had any problems at all. I've never <laughs> even really, yeah, nothing at all. I mean, we'll see as time goes on, but, and, and if it does, I mean, what can you say? Right. Yeah.
0: Because we are who we are. Yeah, exactly. And Sam Smith doesn't seem to have a problem with it, So, except he can barely carry all those Grammy Awards. So um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't think it's it's nearly the thing. At my age, I look back and I think I just have a perspective of it. And it just it floors me uh, to be able to look back and see how different things are today and, and that people really don't care. And in my head, I want to say people probably never cared you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 50 years ago. Yeah. Uh, we just kind of evolved to the point where we can acknowledge that people really don't care. In the end, like, do, do we really care what someone does in their bedroom, with whether it's their wife, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, both? I don't know. So I, just, I think it's interesting that, that in an interview like this, that it's, it's just one question I have for you where 20 years ago, people would just be like, all over that, with that one aspect, and I think it's great that it's not an aspect at all really.
2: Yeah, to me it just doesn't I just can't say it matters to me, you know? It, it matters in a sense that it doesn't matter. Almost, you know, like it, you should be able to be open about who you are regardless if you like men or women or if, you know, same sex, opposite sex. To me it doesn't matter and I mean that's other people's that's other people's thing, but in my career and my path it's it's not going to matter if you come up to me and tell me you're gay, it's not going to change any way that I think of you or if you tell me you're straight, it's not going to change any way I think of you it kind of blows my mind that it even would at one point, but there's nothing I can do about it. So like all I'm going to do is be exactly who I am and advocate for the people I care about.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of that, one other thing I want to say is do you feel like, because you do have a platform at this point, you're, you're in the public eye, people love your music. Do you feel any kind of responsibility or, or anything like that in terms of like being someone out there for young LGBT people to see?
2: I feel a little bit like that. You know, I have, I, I do want to, to show people that you can be an open artist and still be successful. I, I want to show people that, you know, the world is changing. I don't necessarily think I have to be like this outspoken person, but I, I want to just be real. I just want to be who I am and I want to show that you can be openly gay you can be exactly who you are and still be successful and still be happy and still do this and still do that you know and i'm coming from a place where i'm fully independent i'm doing this all, most of the time up to now all on my own and you know you can do it in any situations regardless of you're rich or you're poor or you're gay or you're straight so i just want to i want to advocate for those people
0: absolutely well i really appreciate you having the time to chat with us And one last thing I want to ask, so with the release of So Bad, will you be touring or playing out in the next few weeks or months?
2: I definitely will be having some shows, of course. Um, You can check out my social medias to get a better sense of when those are. I don't have any uh, fully locked in things yet. They're all under agreements, et cetera. But if uh, the fans and stuff want to go check it out, they can check it out on all of my social medias. I'll definitely be posting about any shows that I'm doing. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably the easiest way to figure that out.
0: We'll make sure that we list all of that here on the radio show. And I really appreciate you taking the time, Brandon. I think you're, you're terrific. I love your voice, and I love your message. So good luck with the single. I, I don't think you're going to need my good luck wishes, but good luck with <laughs> it. I think it's going to be fabulous for you.
2: Well, thank you so much, and I appreciate you having me on your show.
0: Absolutely. Have a great week.
2: You as well. Bye-bye.
0: I want to remind you that you can find Brandon's new single, So Bad, on all digital outlets right now. It's available everywhere. There's a link in the show description on the radio page for this show. And that will take you to his SoundCloud page, his Spotify page, the link on iTunes. Also, make sure you check him out on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. All of the information is in the show description. And if you can't see the show description where you're listening from right now, just go to iTunes and search for Brandon Shea, that's spelled S-K-E-I-E, and it'll take you right to it. And with these last few minutes of this show, I want to share just a little bit more of Brandon's terrific voice. Just a few months ago, when Adele released her mega-hit single, Hello, Brandon was one of the first male voices to record the song, and his video of the song went viral. It was how I discovered him, and that's led to this show. And the world just really embraced this gorgeous acoustic version of the song. So I want to close this show with Brandon's acoustic version of Adele's Hello. Thanks for tuning in, folks, and I'll see you next week.
1: me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to meet To go over everything They say that I'm supposed to heal ya, But I ain't done much healing Hello, can you hear me? I'm in California I'm sorry, and I hope that you well. Did you ever make it out of that town where nothing ever happened? It's no secret that the both of us are right.